0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hallelujah. I want to remind you to put on your uh, your calendar June, is it June 6th or June 10th, honey? Thank you, honey. June 10th, uh, Mark Cerrone is going to be here on a Friday night. Please do all you can do that my honey and I will be here. Uh, Mark Schwonen is going to come and um, uh, it's going to be uh, uh, just a real monumental service for our church, uh, for my life, and I believe you will be blessed as well. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 14. We are in our Jesus is Alive message series. The Gospel of John, we're studying how what we can expect from Jesus since he is Alive. I got a lot going on in the inside of me this week. God is, um, God is, God is. Have you ever been in a season where God is doing so much and you're not sure what it is? It's like you buy, like ever you ever buy like a, a, a like a, um, a big puzzle with like a thousand pieces, and um, on you look at the cover and the picture looks nice on the cover, and then you pour out the pieces and you don't know how to make the pieces turn into the picture on the cover. Does that, does that make does that make sense? Like you know all of this is going to turn into something beautiful, but at this moment you have no idea how that's going to happen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so that's kind of been like, that's, that's the season that I'm living in. Uh, see, so, so what, what I have found in, um, in walking with Jesus is um, you, get the, you get the box and uh, you see the picture on the box and you think somehow God is giving you that picture with the box. Thank you, honey. I really, the other honey. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm Mike Rentler, he was, it's a long story. <laughs> It's a long story, honey, I just, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, my, my marriage is secure for those who aren't, we're, we're good. I do love Michael they're just in a different phileo type of love, as opposed to, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> so so, what happens is you get you know when when you meet Jesus and, and and there's people say you know I've lived in church I grew up in church been in church my whole life I'm like well that's awesome can't wait till you meet Jesus right when you when you when you when you meet Jesus um, you get this picture and this picture um, you 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 since, since you're since you're ignorant uh, and you think you know everything. You meet Jesus and you get this picture and you think that, oh, this picture, he's given me the picture. Now I just get to walk in the picture. You don't recognize that the picture is on top of a box with a million little pieces on the inside. Right? And, 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 and you and Jesus are going to put this puzzle together over the rest of your life. And, um, and you like, you're to, you spend a good portion of time trying to put pieces. You ever like, I, like if you've never put together a puzzle, you don't know what I'm talking about here, but you ever like get one of those puzzles and like the picture makes it look really easy. Uh, and, 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 and the pieces look like they go together, but they don't. You ever have that? Like you put the piece, like this piece looks like it's supposed to fit here and not for nothing. It would make my life easier because then the pieces would be together. Right. And so you spend a long time trying to put pieces together that don't really go together. And then you get frustrated, and you may put the picture to the side, and, and, you, and you start on a new puzzle in life. Right. And that that's like, and I feel like in the season, so many people are in that season right now. Like you, you had a picture, but then you found out the puzzle is not completed. You thought that you were going to, you're almost done with the puzzle, and you just found out, you know, you got about nine of the 9,000 pieces in the puzzle together. And then you got and then you come to a point in your in your Christianity where you gotta decide: do I, do I really wanna put the puzzle together? Or, 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 or can I just work with the puzzle I got before I met Jesus? And this is this is a real this is a real thing that we all have to wrestle with in our walk. Am I actually going to stay faithful to the vision God gave me and trust that he has a timeline that he's working on, or am I going to go back to my fishing boat and just do what's comfortable? Am I going to do the success that I came up with that I could do without Jesus before I met him, or am I going to stay faithful to God and allow him to finish that which he began in my life? And I have this, you know, I have this... um, I have this kind of churning in my spirit, and hopefully I can uh, decipher it in the next you know, 15, 20 <clears throat> or so minutes, um, and as, as, as we talk through this, but it's, it's so easy um, when we reminisce about our past, and like we all have seasons of life, that life was easier. right? And um, those, like, like those seasons um, become more and more romantic, the harder our life gets. You know, you left that season for a reason. Uh, but but when things get hard, all of a sudden you start looking back thinking was, was it really that bad and you know if I could just go back to that, maybe those were the good old days and I lost it, and maybe I can go back to that or or or, or maybe I can you know I, I wish I wish I could just walk into what but you can't walk into what you used to walk in you're not that person anymore and 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 that place isn't the same anymore and i've quoted this to you before, but the old Proverbs says you can never walk through the same stream twice because the stream is not the same and you are not the same person walking through it. You can't you can't go back to where it was and 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 it's easy to say I wish I had an easier time. I wish it was simpler, but you can't go backwards in life and forwards at the same time. <clears throat> we, we we gotta we gotta put our hand to the plow and this is what. As we're in this Jesus is Alive message series, <clears throat> as I talked about last week, we we got we to gotta stay current with what Jesus is doing in the now. we got to be current with what Jesus is doing in the now. I'll, I'll say that again. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't want to go back to when things were great, because things weren't great. If they were great, we'd still be there. Things are better. Even if they don't look that way because we're further along in God's plan. Right? And so this romanticization of things how they were is always a wicked plot to try to undo what God is doing now. And so let's look at John chapter 14 starting at verse 25. <clears throat> Do you love the word of God? Yes. I thank you for, 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 for valuing the word of God. I thank you for reading it during the week. I thank you for bringing uh, your Bible either digitally or In hardcover here with you, I I I I thank you that you trust that this is the inspired word of God for our lives, and that we put in the work to rightly discern the word of truth. John chapter fourteen, excuse me, starting in verse twenty-five. This is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking, and this is part of what they call the farewell discourse, or you know, in kind of modern English, that speech he gave saying goodbye. Right. So it's like the the final episode of a of a series. You know, and and Jesus is doing a long series of um, teachings, actions, saying goodbye to his disciples, preparing them. And uh, so in the farewell discourse here, excuse me, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who's the helper? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I'll come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now, I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe there is a lot going on here, but could you say amen to the reading of the word? <clears throat> There's a lot going on here, and I'm going to try to keep it as narrow as possible because I could preach four years on this right here. But Jesus is um, <clears throat> Jesus is is the most strategic pastor there ever was. He, he literally has got the whole world in his hands and he's and, he, and he's, he's weaving all of reality together to unfold his purpose in the world, and last week I talked about the prophetic shift that happens in seasons of our lives. I talked about the messianic shift in uh, Jesus' call as he as as he was betrayed by by Judas, and uh, and and how he had to react to this messianic shift, and how the disciples had to react to this messianic shift. and And, and as we talked about, and I, I put it on our Insta so you could uh, be doing it during the week. Uh, We talked about how God is working in ways we do not understand. Can you say amen? We have to surrender to the fact that God is working in ways we do not understand. I'm telling everybody I disciple, everybody whose life I speak into today, to slowly pray the Lord's Prayer every day. It's not religious. It's actually the command of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I just... I came upon this realization not too long ago, if Jesus said something, we should probably do it. I, you know, we call ourselves Christians. It's probably a good idea to follow the Christ, right? And he literally said, when you pray, pray this way. <clears throat> and, I, and I found that uh, us, us um, you know, especially us charismatic, tongue-talking folk who feel like, you know, the most anointed thing I could do is not have any understanding of what I'm doing. <clears throat> um, what what uh, you know, your mind is not actually bad. Your brain, you know, God gave you a brain for a reason. And, uh, and, and what I find in, in us charismatics, in um, <clears throat> us, us kingdom people, is that we are woefully inadequate of regularly confessing our sins to God. We're woefully inadequate of surrendering our lives. The whole point of tongues is to say, I do not know what to pray the Spirit does, and I let Him make intercession through me. It doesn't make me greater. It's a recognition that I can't even get prayer right without the Holy Ghost. It's not that I'm some above someone else, but I pray in the Spirit with groanings that are unutterable. And, 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 and then speaking in words I don't understand, it's the lowest form of prayer we could do. Because it literally says, I don't have a clue what I should be praying for God, you're going to have to do it for me, right? And Jesus told us to pray. Listen, every day, and we pray, we, we confess our sins to God. We actually recognize that we're bitter and in judgment, and we release the sins of others against us. <clears throat> we're terrible at that. We're just terrible at it. Half of the counseling I do, I, I, could, I could summarize in this, you got to learn how to forgive, you got to learn how to forgive. But pastor, you don't know what they... I don't care what they did. Jesus told us every day to forgive. Why? Because it's better for your heart if you figure this skill out. I'll keep preaching the gospel. I don't, you, know, you don't have to go along with me. It's all right. <clears throat> so in the Lord's Prayer, He tells us we need, to, we need to confess our sins every day. We need to repent of our judgments and forgive people every day. We need to actually surrender our lives to Jesus. Not my will. Your will be done every day. We have to actually ask God to provide for today. Where the American nightmare is that you can get to a place where you will never need God. You can be so rich that you don't need any God in your life. You could actually become God if you get lucky enough that's the American nightmare. I call it the American nightmare because it's contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I want you to live every day in a way that you need me. That you desperately, desperately rely on the spirit of God every day. And I see people, I had a prophetic word about three and a half years ago. I remembered, I looked it up recently. And I said, there's a lot of prosperity coming to people in this house. You better learn how to be humble in the midst of prosperity or it will consume you. It will consume your pride. It will consume your relationship with Jesus. You will think that you're something you are not. You will forget that it was your submission to God that brought you prosperity. And you will lose the anointing that was once on your life. I believe that word today now as it did then. And I'm here to tell you today, God is going to prosper your life. And when it happens, when God blesses your family, when He blesses your finances, when He blesses your business, when you begin pulling back from God because now you're more focused on the finances than you are the god of a thousand mountaintops and a thousand cattle on a thousand hill when you forget who brought the blessing to you and you begin worshiping the blessing and you let it run your life you are on the way down friend things are decreasing in your life and you need to refocus on who brought you here that's a good word right there. I don't know who that was for. I don't know who that was for, but that, that's not, that's, that, just take that home. Write it down and decide. Blessing, you be, I just like. you better just like prepare for blessing. I mean, are you prepared for blessing? That's a real question. Are you prepared? Are you prepared online? Are you prepared for blessing? Are you just begging God for blessing? Like you better prepare for it. What are you going to do when it happens? Don't just ask for it. What are you going to do with it? And um, <clears throat> so, so in, in, in the Last Supper here, where Jesus is talking, um, without knowing it, <clears throat> excuse me, without knowing it, uh, Jesus is preparing the disciples for the future. He, he's getting them ready for what's to come. And of course, they had no idea what, what, what's going on. I, <clears throat> I remember <clears throat> when I was in seminary, there, w- there was there was basically two categories of people in seminary. There's um, young folk who know everything, and there's older folk who know they don't know nothing, right? And you wanna, if you want to get humble, just go into ministry and recognize you don't know nothing. You don't know what God is doing anywhere with anyone or what he's doing, and you're going to shepherd a bunch of people who know everything, right? And <clears throat> <clears throat> never took a Bible lesson in their life but have a full theology on things they don't even understand. Like you don't even understand the words you're using. I I shouldn't say that. I'm going to say, oh, okay, my wife's reeling me in. (laughs) I'm going to say it anyways. The last time I was in a conversation like like this, like this person was so angry and they kept saying things. And I finally started saying, the words you're using... I don't think you know what they mean because they don't mean the way you're using them. They, I don't think you know you're, you're, those words don't mean what you think they mean. Like, I, and I'm trying to kindly say, you sound stupid. You sound really stupid. I know, I, know you, I know that you are fully convinced that you're right, but you're not even using words correctly. Like, do you understand do you like could you just a little like a little bit of humility would go a long way in this conversation. If you worshipped yourself just a little bit less, there might be a little bit less conflict here in this conversation. And this is what would happen in seminary. There's people who paid a lot of money to have someone who is an expert teach them things. Like you paid that person to teach you something. And then young people decide I'm going to use this class to let other people know that i know something. Like nobody cares what you think you know. Ain't nobody in the room paid to hear you say anything. The guy who wrote the big books, that's who we want to listen to. The guy who's read small books, that's not who we're here to listen to, right? Like i know what your pastor and told you in youth group, that's not what we're here for, right? We're here to actually learn from some like okay, i'm i'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do this one more time. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Work with me here. I was in a, I was in a um, um, for those who have been to seminary, uh, uh, Brent, are you here? Yeah, Brent, Brent, this will probably resonate. I was in an Old Testament survey class. And a guy was arguing with the professor because his pastor done taught him something. And the guy says, what, what version of the Bible do you use? he said, And he says, I read it in Hebrew. I read it in the Old Hebrew they don't even use anymore. And the word that you're talking about doesn't mean what you think it means. And then he just goes on a 15-minute lecture, and he tells the guy, if you really want to argue with somebody, you need to leave this class and go find somebody who cares about your argument. I was like, all right then. Now we're done with that. We're done with this argument, right? We, we need to be humble enough to learn what God is doing in this season. Was that too much of a rant, honey? Or do I need to, Am I good now? Okay, she's looking at me. She says, move on. All right. Here, here, here's the point of this. Here's the point of this. We get stuck in the last season. So we get some young people who feel insecure and they want to know something. And now they feel like they know something. They go to seminary and you're no longer, when you're at school, you're no longer there to let people know you know something. You're there to be a student. And so they're stuck in the old season that they want to be somebody but now they're in a season that you have to empty yourself so you can be filled with knowledge, right? And we do this in life where we, 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 we do something in an old season, we don't recognize God has got us in a new season, we're operating in the new season as if we were in the old season and, and we complain that things aren't going the way we want them to go because we have not recognized there's been a prophetic shift in our lives. I want to talk today about how you manage these prophetic shifts, what you you do in these prophetic shifts, how you respond when Holy Spirit brings you into a new season. Look at this, John chapter 14, verse 26, this is what Jesus said, but the helper who we agreed is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send to my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance that I, all that I said to you, leave that up if you would please. <clears throat> so, so, so us, like I'm, I, you know, this is my tribe, us spirit-filled folks. We fall into error thinking that, you know, well, the Holy Spirit will teach me everything I need to know. And, that, and that, that's, you know, that, that's good and all. Um, but you read your Bible, right? You read your Bible to learn about God. You don't just say, Holy Spirit's going to teach me. Right? right? We, we, like, like, um, I, like, like Duke is an insurance salesman uh, of sorts. I have no idea what kind of insurance he sells. I don't have any, any knowledge of what he's doing. I just ask him questions. And he tells me. Why? Because, you know, is it because he has more Holy Spirit than me? No, because he read books on insurance, and he took tests, and he got certified, and he studied, and he... And he learned stuff. And when I need information, I can go to him and he can draw on that information. And since he is also anointed, the Holy Spirit can use this information that he's put on the inside of him to come up with answers that the average broker may not be able to do. But since he has the Holy Ghost of God on the inside of him, he can draw from all this information and he can bring it to you. Does this make sense? And so when we come into this new prophetic season, the Bible says it'll bring to your remembrance All that Jesus said to us. And we get into these new seasons and we say, God, I don't know what to do. But the problem is you don't have any word on the inside of you to draw from. People have this this weird kind of notion about these Holy Ghost downloads as if God is going to put information into your head. And every now and then someone may get a word of knowledge that is not understandable to them. But by and large, the word of knowledge uses the language you already have and brings it to your remembrance for the person in front of you. Does that make sense? Very rarely, like, I don't, like, if I had a choice when I get surgery, if I could get a doctor who went to Harvard or a guy who prays in tongues real good, I think I'm going to go with the Harvard doctor. I'm not just trusting that the guy who prays in tongues real good, the Holy Spirit's going to teach him after he cuts me open, right? Like this, Does this make sense? Yeah, and so our relationship with God, we 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 got to we got to get in this word. We got to spend time with Jesus. We we have to we have to we have to um we we have to get God something on the inside of us that God can work with to prepare us for this season. That's why I asked you, are you ready for your blessing? What would you do if your blessing came today? Do you know how to manage it? Do you know how to, um, to, to shepherd it? Do you know how to steward your blessing? Do you know what you would do with the blessing? There's people praying for a million dollars, but if a million dollars came your way, you would have no idea what to do with it. You pray, oh, Lord, bring me a husband, bring me a husband. But if a husband comes along, you're not ready to change. To, 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 to be the wife, you need to, come on, somebody. I mean, come on. You're not, you're not ready. I'm like, you're not, you're like, bring me the husband. Like, but are you ready for the husband? Are you ready to, adapt? you know, oh, bring me the wife, I'm ready. Are you ready to be a husband to the wife? Are, are you ready for a business? Do you know anything about, oh, I'm going to be a business leader? Really? Have you been to business school? No? Do you know business? Do you know anybody who owns a business? Do you pay taxes? Do you, like, is there, do you have money? Like anything? No. What, 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 no, you're not prepared for the blessings. anybody know what I'm talking about right now? You're not prepared for the blessing. Now, Jesus is a masterful pastor. He's preparing them for the blessing of the Holy Ghost and the oversight of the church before they need it. So he's spending his ministry getting the Word, His Word on the inside of them, so when it's time for them to lead the church, the Holy Ghost comes along and brings to remembrance the things that Jesus taught him. But it's the same thing for us. We need to prepare our lives so that the Holy Ghost has something to work with on the inside of us when we get this divine appointment, when we get the time of blessing, when we get the prophetic shift, there's actually a grid that God can work with and He can build something in our lives. We're not all of a sudden, oh, I had no idea this was coming. It's I've been spending time with Jesus. I know something is coming. I don't know what it is, but I feel it shifting in the atmosphere. I'm, I'm not sure. I have, I have a good friend who leads a, a very, very ridiculously, obscenely, absurdly large church. And, um, and, and in the beginning of the year, like things were just, everything was popping. Things were going great. You know, the record label's going good, the campuses were going good. And he came into the new year and he's like, something ain't right. Some, 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 something ain't right. And he, he and his wife went on a 40-day, I think it was a Daniel fast. I don't think it was a fast fast. I'm, I like them. I don't, I don't want to give them that much credit. Like, but <clears throat> so he went on this 40-day fast with his wife. And then a month later, the, the network that they're under just kind of collapsed on itself. And he's like, we spent a month preparing for something to come. And now when it came, we're spiritually and emotionally uh, ready for this shift that is happening. So many of us we feel like. Oh no. Something, something bad is coming. And we just want to stay in bed. We allow depression to begin dictating how we react to it. Or, or we begin reacting out of anger. Or we react in sadness. And I've been as guilty as this as, as anybody else. I, 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 I get this. I, I, you know Depression kind of runs in my family. And I've talked about in, in my life. Part of the victory that I have in Jesus is learning. And, and allowing the anointing of God and, 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 and getting counseling and not allowing mental health problems to, to rob me of the call of God on my life. Like, that's me saying, God has called me to do this. Emotionally, it's going to cause that. I better build some framework so that can't ruin this. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, and so we, 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 we got to, when we feel these things coming, we got to, we got to like say, okay, um, what am I going to do? Am I going to give myself over to it? Am I going to feel a victim of it? Or am I going to prepare for it? Because I'm here to tell you when the prophetic shift comes, the the Lord wants you to prepare for it. He he lets you know things feel kind of funny because He wants you to get ready for it. You see, we want to rush through these seasons. We we, we want to rush through these seasons of life and complain that we're not where we want to be. Okay. Okay. We, we require in this church premarital counseling. Now, we recognize that premarital counseling is wasted on people who are not married, because people who aren't married have no idea how much they need premarital counseling. They just have no clue. They just just no idea, right? And so uh, we sit down with them, do premarital We, my wife does now. I, I don't have the patience. Um, <clears throat> we, we sit down, and we do premarital counseling, and um, we give them all these tools, and It's funny how many people are like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 I'm good. I'm very flexible. Yeah, you're flexible because you're alone. (laughs) When you wake up with the opposition, let's see how flexible you are. Let's see how flexible you are. That's when we find out if we're flexible. And then the ones who are smart and humble enough will call and say, hey, Pastor Tracy, can we get a little meeting here? And then my wife will pull out some of the premarital counseling things and say, "Remember, we went through this. Oh, that's what that was talking about. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. Now we're bringing to remembrance things that you had learned earlier. Does this make sense? Now there's language. There's language. And and good parents prepare their kids for the future. Good parents recognize that kids are stupid and they're not listening to anything you're saying. But you're sitting around the dinner table talking about how finances work. You're sitting around the table talking about how you can't trust everybody in your inner circle. We're sitting around the table talking about there's people in your school who look like nerds. You don't want to work for them one day. So find out how they're being successful. Yeah. Right? Like you, and then you just want to keep, like, and they're like... Nah whatever. And then one day when they're about 18, 19, they're in college and they're like, I'm going to need a job at some point. You're like, yes, we have language for this. Remember this? Now let's, let's look for these groups. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about your finances. Let's talk about how you get paid. You've already built it. You're bringing to remembrance thing, right, things that they need to know in the future this is what good parents do this is what good shepherds do this is what a good god does he has prepared you for the season to come but the person has to listen get the word of god on the inside of them give holy ghost something to work with when the time comes that makes sense you say amen yeah see you have to have god's word on the inside of you amen you have to have god's word on the inside of you and here is god's master plan for evangelism are you ready Are you ready? Here's what happens. Here's what you do. Here's God's master plan for evangelism. You be a Christian on purpose, in public. You may or may not lead anybody to Jesus, but you are a Christian on purpose. You are talking about Jesus, you are quoting the word, you are talking about how you make decisions. You're talking about how God led you to do things you didn't necessarily want to do, but then it turned out better. You are getting the Word on the inside of them. You are preparing them for the season of prophetic shift so God has something to work with when the Holy Ghost comes upon them when they're at their lowest. Does this make sense to you? When they get to the bottom, they don't know where to go. The Holy Ghost starts reminding them, oh yeah, I remember when Duke talked about he was depressed. And then the God, they had the scripture and mom used to quote it to him. And, and then he began quoting it and God came and turned things around. And I remember when Diane said that, you know, God would heal me if I cried out to him, but now my mom is sick. And so I know I can turn to this Jesus who heals bodies. Like you got to put it on the inside of people, you don't got to force them to make a decision, you don't got to force them to agree with you. You're just like, I'm putting it out there, the word of God won't return void. I know that, so I'm just talking like Jesus, I'm quoting Jesus, I'm quoting the scripture, I'm living my life like a Christian on purpose so that that word can get on the inside of people. So the Holy Ghost has something to work with. That makes sense, yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to anything, you just got to be Christian. You don't got to, I don't know if I want to confront. You don't got to confront nobody with nothing. You don't have to correct anybody. You don't have to rebuke anybody. You don't have to do any of that. You just, hey, this is what God said to me. This is what I love. I used to love. You know, one, one of the things I miss about being in, in, in vocational ministry is I don't work with lost people as much anymore. Everybody I work with is saved. I work at the church, right? Like, and that's good, right? It's good to have saved pastors, right? And, and, and I used to love, like, just showing up to work and being like, you know, how was your weekend? Oh, I we did this. I said, "Man, I saw an angel on Saturday. Isn't that amazing?" I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I was reading the Bible. I was in Ezekiel, and then I just went to pray, and an angel visited me. Isn't that crazy? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, okay. So, what do we got on time for today? You know, like, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Like, there's a supernatural realm, and you don't recognize it is affecting your life in negative ways. It's affecting my life in positive ways. I suggest you get on this side. But hey, you know, you could live in darkness all you want, you know. God bless you. I'll be here being a witness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. Prophetic people are people who are able to discern the times and seasons that make a shift. This this is who we are. We're prophetic people, and we recognize there are times of shifting in our lives. And sometimes that shifting, uh, God has us initiated, and sometimes it's initiated to us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, both an impartation and a deliverance is a shift. And so sometimes, sometimes like you don't you tarry for things, and you don't prayed for it, you don't fasted for it, and then you get a breakthrough. And you're like, thank you, Jesus, I've been waiting for this. And other times, you're just living your life, and then God deducts something from you. And you're like, whoa! There's a, a shift happening because what I had isn't here anymore, and, and 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 we start thinking maybe 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 the devil's winning. Oh, but it's more possible since you are a prophetic people that there is a prophetic shift happening, and the Lord done removed some things for the last season because you're coming into the new season, and you can't bring the old things from the old season into the. New season. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then we keep trying to hold on to that old thing from the old season. And God's like, hey, Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, get up and walk in this anointing that is upon you and lead my people into the promised land. This is, this is a prophetic shift that has happened because a dearly beloved leader in Moses had died. But God was saying, Joshua, yeah, he was great and all, but we're in a new season now. It's time for the promised land. It's time for the crossing over. It's time for the taking of the promise. Anybody know what I'm saying here? And for you, some people have been mourning for the passing of the old season. And what we need to do is be looking forward to what God is doing in this new season, the new things that he's doing, because we can't go back to where we were. We, 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 We need to look back and see what God had been doing and what the Lord had prepared us for in this new season. But we can't go back to the past. I find when you hit this, this season of, of low, when, you, when it seems like God has abandoned you, when it feels like that you, you are on your own, if, if you look back and you start thinking about the things that God had been speaking to you and you begin to look through your journal maybe and think about your prayer life and the experiences with God that you had had, He had been preparing you for this all along. He had been getting you ready for this all along. You, you're in this season of maybe prayer and God keeps telling you, hey, I'm with you. Hey, we're together. It's me and you. And you're like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's so wonderful. Hey, just want to let you know, daughter. I'm well pleased in you. You're like, oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, that's so good, God. That's so good. As if God has got nothing. He's not telling you anything for any particular reason. Just, you know. Hmm. Oh, that's so good, God. It's so nice of you to tell me this thing that's not important. And then all of a sudden, you hit the roads. Like, you hit the rocks and the life gets difficult. And you're like, oh, God, what happened? he has been preparing you for this all along, letting you know, hey, I'm with you. I'm pleased. It's not your fault. Like, these are, this, is, this, is, this is your bread for that next season. The prophetic people look back in the past and they, they pull the promise into the present so they can know where they're going with God in the future. We, 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 need, to, we need to see what he's doing. You see, when there is a shift, we have to shift with it. We have to shift with it and say, God is now leading me into something new. He's equipped me for this new season. We need to stop saying, oh, the devil is bigger than God. Or, oh, the the, the curse is bigger than the blessing. Or, oh no, the the, the demons may be outweighing the angels. No, no, no. The angels outweigh the demons. The, the, The devil has always been defeated. God, it is always a winner. You are saved and dearly beloved and the Lord will see you through this season. He is with you. And He's prepared you for this struggle you're in right now. We need to keep that in mind. We need to keep it in mind so we can go into the new season God has for us. We don't need yesterday's anointing. We need today's anointing. And we got to be in today's season to be in today's anointing. We can never go back behind Easter. Like, so, so Jesus was murdered, and now the disciples are like, what in the world? What, what, what? But you can't go back. We can't go back to before Jesus was crucified. They're, they're like, man, if he had never been sacrificed, who knows what would have happened. And they don't understand. Some of you in this room, like, you had tragedy touch your life. And you want to go back before what seemed to be tragedy. And I'm not talking about the death of a loved one or an illness. I'm talking about maybe an emotional tragedy, maybe a, a, a financial tragedy, maybe a relational tragedy. And the Lord's like, we, we, we can't go back before that. Some of you don't, don't quite recognize that what you had experienced was deliverance. Some of you do not recognize that the very thing you're trying to get back, the Lord delivered you of that thing. We don't recognize it because we think we know. Because we've not said your will be done, not my will. We can't trust, oh, the Lord undelivered me of that thing. That was going to destroy my marriage. It was going to destroy my business. It was going to destroy my finances. It was going to rob me of the call of my life. And so we're crying to God to give us back the thing he delivered of us. It pollutes our relationship with God. And God's like, no, 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 you got to trust that I'm with you in this season. He's the Lord who gives and takes away. I know we don't like to say that as Pentecostals, it's just, but it happens to be in the Bible. It just happens to be there. And aren't you thankful that the Lord takes some things away? Aren't you thankful that He takes away sickness and disease? He takes away things that are for your harm and not for your good. And some things that we think are good, God knows better, and He don't listen to us, and He takes them away anyways. Amen. He's a good God, and you can trust Him. He's a good God, and you can trust him. Some of y'all, your best friend got stolen from you. And then you find out down the road, they've been lying all along. That wasn't a best friend at all. Did that happen to anybody? Like, that, that wasn't even a friend. That, uh, they're not even good enough to be an enemy. <laughs> right? Like, uh, like, like I, they, come on, somebody. Let's, uh, can, can we just be real? Can we be real? And we all cry, Woo! Why don't they like me? And The Lord's like me because I don't put an angel between you and them. That's why. What a fiery sword to keep their, their lies out your life. They come to curse you and the demons that they're hosting. I'm, I'm speaking the truth. Right, come on. Listen, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We can't go back. We can't go back. Prophetic people are able to discern the times and seasons in other people and plant seeds for their next season. This is where we want to go. See, when you are a prophetic person, you're in a prophetic house, you have a prophetic God, you got the spirit of prophecy on the inside of you. God is speaking to you prophetically about the next season. You don't even know it right now, but God is preparing you for the next season. But when you really begin to cooperate with God, you start seeing what's on other people and you just begin to plant prophetic seeds on the inside of them and you don't have to control them to agree with you. You just drop it on the inside. I can't tell you how many times I met with people and I say, hey, you might want to think about this. And they're like, oh, no, Pastor, blah, blah, blah. Six months later, they're like, did you know what you thing that you said to me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I remember. Did you know like that actually happened? I was like, I said it for a reason. I wasn't making, I wasn't making these things up, you know, like I, I actually was prophesying the call of God in your life. You might want to pay attention. And when you, when, when you are a prophetic person, people will learn to start listening to your counsel. And when people get prideful, they'll cut you off and then you just move on to the next season. Listen, this is what Jesus says in John 14, 27. Back to our text. Are you with me? Are we doing okay this morning? Yeah. I'm, I feel like we're building something here. Yeah. Here's, what, here's what Jesus says. Watch this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Leave that up if you would. Now, if you deal with anxiety, just relax. No, there's no shame, all right? There's, there's like, I, I've heard too many teachings on faith and peace that want to beat up the person who's in anxiety, all right? So just take a deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. All right, just relax, all right? This is, this is going to be helpful. Jesus did not say, peace I put on the inside of you. Jesus did not say, I will make you peaceful. Jesus did not say, you will not have troubles. He said, peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. Jesus said, I'm leaving it, but you gotta know where to find it. You gotta know where to pick it up. You gotta, you gotta, you, you, you gotta know, like, where do I find this peace that Jesus has left me? When you're in a season of anxiety, when you're in a season of dis ease, you better know where you can go find some peace. Because Jesus left it for you. But you have to make a conscious effort to spend time looking for it. And what I have found, I just just, just feel like this is going to be helpful. I I, I have found that um, by and large, when we're in seasons of dis-ease, we have valued something over what God values. We have decided in our heart God has called me to this, but I really want that, and I'm very upset that that is not coming to pass. And Jesus says, that is not the season that you're in. And we're very um, disturbed that we're not experiencing what we want to be experiencing. I know in my life, and my wife can attest to this, when I, um, when I am in um, long, extended periods of uh, emotional turmoil, it's because Carl's plan is not coming to pass. And I'm wrestling with letting God's plan come to pass. I'm probably the only one who does that, right? Uh, really trusting that God is at work, that God knows what He's doing, and God is orchestrating all things together for good. Like, 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 like He actually is in charge. I'm doing my part. I'm, you know, confessing my sins. I'm repenting, trying to live a holy life. You know, not opening my life to the devil. Uh, but at the same point surrendering, not my will, but your will be done, being at peace that God is actually God. Jesus said, I leave it with you. We have a choice of whether or not we're going to take it or not. This is what Dallas Willard said about this. He said, the path to spiritual and emotional maturity is rooted in the practice of the presence of Jesus. The path to spiritual and emotional maturity is rooted in the practice of, of the presence of Jesus, that means I got to get some of my time and give it to Jesus as an offering. And as I spend time in the peace of God, I learn how to carry peace in the rest of my life. I'm not tossed by everything that happens. I actually slow down. You see, the world has discovered this. There's every every false religion in the world has some sort of um, a value for this practicing stillness, practicing quietness, to learn how to say, I am not in control, that I will calm myself and trust. Now, why does that work for every other religion? I mean, the Buddhists do this, the, 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 the Muslims do it five times a day. They pray. I mean, it works because it's a law of God. If you will stop and you will Sabbath for a moment you will receive peace. It is a promise of God. Whoever gets involved in it, it will work, whether you do it in the name of Jesus or not. You just won't get closer to Jesus unless you do it in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? What we want to do, I don't just want peace. I want peace that passes understanding. And when that happens, that happens in the presence of Jesus. That happens when I quiet my soul and I read my Bible and I welcome Jesus to come into the room and I spend time with him and then he may do things that I was not ready for but I am in peace because I know he's in charge does that make sense Okay, I I should end here but I'm not gonna let's go to Acts chapter 16 this is important we're in a prophetic season it's important we get this okay in Acts chapter 16 Paul is giving he's telling this story he says a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. How many have read this story before? Everybody, if you haven't, just raise your hand anyway and just act like you've read the Bible. Yes, <laughs> great job. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Good job. You're so spiritual. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia concluding that god had called us to preach the gospel to them i want you to see something really quick this is not the point i want you to see that paul knew the voice of god and was so surrendered to jesus that when jesus spoke immediately whatever plan he had went out the window he made the prophetic shift and followed god it's not like paul didn't have other things to do paul was active paul was busy paul was like Oh, y'all think preachers are here to steal your money? I'll do my own business. I'll show you that that's not true. Later on, he said, I repented. I should have made you pay me because that's what you're supposed to do. I shouldn't have. He says in 2 Corinthians, I should have made y'all give me some money. Because it would have blessed y'all. Now y'all are too stingy to help the people in Jerusalem. I'm sorry, I repent of not receiving an offering, but I'm coming for mine next time. That's what he says. Read 2 Corinthians. That's what he says. That's what he says. <laughs> I'm coming for some, right? Get it ready, get it ready. Uh, I'm coming with somebody to watch, right? And so Paul was a man doing stuff. He's writing books. He's he's, he's, he's offending people. He's planting churches. He's doing stuff. But the Bible says he got one word from Jesus, boom, I'm off to Macedonia. Because he had already given his life to Jesus. He had surrendered to Jesus. So the Bible says they get on a boat. They sail to Macedonia and a couple other places. It It took some effort to get there. Hear me. He had to get there on purpose. It's going to take some work to get into your call. You've got to get there on purpose. You might have to take some left turns where you wanted to turn right. You may have thought that it was going to go this way, but it's really going to go that way. It's going to be some, some, some obstacles in the way. And Paul was not deterred because he had heard the voice of God. Can you say amen? Okay, so when he gets to Rome, uh, excuse me, he gets to Macedonia. Macedonia was, was ruled by Rome. And where Rome conquered a territory, one of the first things they did was they would outlaw other gods and they would make you worship Caesar. Caesar was their deity and then you would worship Caesar and all other worship of any other gods other than the Roman gods was outlawed. And so what people would do is they would go outside the city gates to worship other gods because you couldn't do it in the captured city, in the captured Roman cities. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> Paul knew this. And so the Bible says he gets there to Macedonia, <clears throat> Acts chapter 16, jump forward to 13, verse 13. He says, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer because people would leave the city gates to pray. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman by the name of Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. Now, I want you to really kind of focus here. I want you to pay attention. <clears throat> so, so we have these women who were in a Roman-occupied city, who were not actually Jews, worshiping the Jewish God, and they had to go outside the city limits to do it. And I can imagine what, what like we see what's happening in Ukraine, like this 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 devilish thing that's happening in Ukraine, and 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 it gets a lot of press because it's in Europe. But this has happened all over the world. It's happening in lots of places right now that. People might be not as white, so they don't get as much press. Can we just be honest? Come on, right? And so it's just it's happening all over the world. Uh, you know, there's there, there's Muslims in, in China right now by the millions being slaughtered and, and encamped. There's Africa and the Caribbean. So, I mean, it's just you know just it's not good, right? But but you see what's happening to the Ukrainians. The Russians are moving in. They're they're shipping them off to Russia into in the concentration camps. The Ukrainians are they're they're, they're they they brought. Um, um, crematoriums to murder them, and and like it's 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 devilish, but this this but this is what Rome was, and so Rome would move into a city and murder anybody who was an opponent, would outlaw their religion, and uh, would oppress them and force them to become Romans. And so I like to think like what 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 was it like for these people, who knew that Yahweh was the one true God, and here they are being persecuted by these devilish invaders who had come and overthrown their city and maybe murdered their leaders and maybe had had outlawed their religion. And now they are leaving the city. They go outside the city to a little spot by the river and praying and they know like maybe family members have been murdered, maybe maybe their way of life had been destroyed and 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 they're, and, they're, and they're just they're just sitting there praying they don 't have the temple, they don't have the priests, they don 't have the levites, they don 't have the worshipers, they don 't have a synagogue to teach the scriptures It's just a, a little group of women outside the city gate, and I wonder what was it like for them sitting there oppressed outcast because Jesus always came for the oppressed and the outcast. And He's there, and, and, and we know that they're there just worshiping the, the living God as they knew Him. They, they knew the God of the Old Testament. They knew that Yahweh was the one true God. And they were worshiping Him to the extent of their understanding. And I can imagine, like, do you believe that God saw this little group of women by the riverside in Macedonia worshiping the, little, the living God? This, these, 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 women, these women that weren't even weren't even equal to men in that in that day and time according to that way of life these outcasts these these people who 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 were not of the elite they were worshiping the wrong god they were praying the wrong way they were of the wrong gender but here they were not in jerusalem not at the not at the courts not not in the synagogue but just this little outcast group just could god see them could god Does God hear the prayers of those who don't fit in? And then, in Macedonia, after Paul had untraveled for a long time, the Bible doesn't say exactly how long, but he did three stops on the way in a boat. We're talking, it took a long time to get there. The apostle Paul himself shows up. This little group of women. And there's this moment here in the Scriptures, and I love it. It's just so beautiful. There's this, there's this intersection between human obedience and divine intervention. Where Paul comes up and begins to preach the gospel to these people. And it was the perfect moment of opportunity. All of heaven comes together preparing an outcast people for an apostle. Who is was going to establish something special. I was in um, I was in Mexico recently, as I like to tell you about, because I was at a resort in Cancun, getting a lot of sun and eating good food and having a good time with my wife. <clears throat> and uh, we were, I don't know, maybe it was the second to last day. I don't remember. Um, we were at a pool, and uh, we were hanging out with some people, some, some seedy characters, if you remember some earlier messages. that <laughs> Things unchanged since your pastor was last out and about, and, um, and uh, we were just talking to some folk, and it was kind of funny because I was, uh, you know, just having a good time talking to some people, and uh, this woman came up to me, and she said, she said, are you a pastor? I said, we don't talk about what I do for a living here. I'm on vacation, right? She goes, she says to my wife, she goes, he, he a preacher, huh? I'm like, what? And she's like, I heard him saying, come on, somebody. I said, that's a preacher right there. That's a preacher right there. <laughs> And so, and so, I'm like, well, you know, I might, I might, I might, you know, I might do a little song, song with the scriptures, you know, I might, you know, song. And she's like, she's like, she's like, this is a woman who happens to be, um, uh, the one woman happens to be a, um, uh, a chaplain on Rikers Island, and she's there with her friend who uh, works rescuing women, or excuse me, children who are being sex trafficked. So they got a girl who's a, a Christian woman who rescues. 13, 14, 15-year-olds being sex trafficked. And a chaplain from Rikers Island there in the same swim-up bar, we're like, that, that's why I need to be in Cancun, she said. This is why. I'm like, well, all right, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You know, whatever. That's, hallelujah. Bless the Lord Jesus. And so, um, you know, we preach to each other a little bit here and there, whatever. I'm, I'm really not trying to get my preach on. I'm just, but we're having a good time. We're talking. We're fellowshipping whatnot, whatever. And then my wife and I are just standing there. And then uh, we just, we're standing there in the pool, and then uh, everybody leaves. Like, at, we just, you know, with people. And then there was nobody there. Like, has that ever happened you're Like, hmm, there's nobody here anymore. Okay, I guess it's time to go to dinner or whatever, right? Because we got no schedule. Didn't even wear a watch. I'm like, whatever. I don't got to be nowhere till my plane takes off. But, you know, that's it. That's my whole schedule. And so uh, my wife and I are there, and uh, we, go to, uh, we go to get out of the pool. And there's, there's one dude, and he's sitting at the, the swim-up bar. And he said, hey, are, 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 are you a pastor? I'm like, who's asking? <laughs> because some people they want to get into a counseling session, and I'm like, "Yeah, I ain't got time for that." Like, I'm, or or they want to tell you, anyways. Um, so I'm like, "Yeah, well, what, what what can I do for you?" And he says, "Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm American, and uh, and, and uh, I, you know, got in some trouble in in uh in America, and uh, now I'm here." I said, "I said, was it trafficking cocaine?" I said, "Just a word of knowledge, I said, "Did you get caught trafficking cocaine?" He's like. He's like yeah, <laughs> he looked at me like, God's good. I was like, all right, yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about staying here. I'm like, you're at a resort in Cancun. I don't, I don't like this. Doesn't. He's like, I found out you can pay $126,000 a year. You can live here at the resort. And I said, are, are, like, are you out of jail? Or he's like, I'm on, I'm on, I'm out on bail. I was like, you, you can't skip bail. Like, you just that's not a life you want. You don't want, you don't you don't want to skip bail and he said uh something happened to me in jail he said uh he said i met he said i don't know if this is going to sound weird but i met god they brought don't sound weird at all like <laughs> We send people into jail to make that happen. I don't know. Like this is this is what we do. Like this is I'm about that. I'm about it, about it. Like this is what Carl is about right here. He's like, I met God and I don't know, you know, and I'm not sure what to do. I was like, who's been praying for you? Is it your mom? He goes, Yeah, my mom's have constantly been, was his mom or his grandma? One of the two. He's like, his mom, his mom's been praying for him, been trying to witness to him. And he's like, I don't know. And he's thinking about staying in Mexico. I was like, you know, you can't stay in Mexico. I was, so I began talking to him. I was like, you know, it's been this cloud's been following you, and it's like the heaviness. And I'm like, you can't you can't live with this. He goes, yeah, I know. And he's starting to get a little affected. Now, I am in the pool at the swim-up bar in Cancun in an expensive resort, right? Like, I did not pay to go do there what I do here, right? (laughs) That is not why you go on vacation. Imagine, like, you're a telemarketer, and then they tell you to take a phone with you on vacation. You're like, nah, that's not, right? But before we left, um, Mike, we asked Mike Rentler to pray for us before we left, and Mike was praying for safe travels and all this stuff. I think Duke was there too, and prayed for us. You know, the, the, the flights would go good and we wouldn't get sick, and they prayed, and they would have divine appointments. My wife and I gave each other the side eye. We're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> But Mike's prayers are powerful and effective. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was preaching the whole time I was there. It was, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, anyways, um, anyways, so we're talking to this guy, we're like, we're standing in the middle of this swim up bar, like we're just, you know, and, and, uh, we're just in the water and I start, I just start, I feel the anointing of God fall on me. I'm like, I, okay, like that, you know, all right. And so I'm talking to him, he's telling me about, you know, how he met God in prison. I'm like, well, you know, the Bible says that we're to repent and be baptized, you know, did, uh, you know, that's what the Bible says. And, uh. Gee, do you believe this? Do you believe that? Yeah, yeah. What happened? This happened. You gave your life to God. You're going to follow God. Yeah. I said, the problem is you still got the old man. We need to bury the old man so you can walk in the newness of life, right? And so I'm like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, I'm like, we could water baptize you right now if you want. We're already waist deep. We could do that right now. And so the bartender's over here cleaning the bar. There had been a phone party at this pool earlier. They had a foam party. Like they filled it with foam. You walked through the foam. I think it was Fabuloso they were using it. It was, like, it was like walking into a toxic cloud. I was like, oh, you're going to kill me. It was like, is this asbestos? I don't know what this is. This is going to kill me. Right? So there was a, there was a pool party earlier. There was a foam party. And, 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 and I'm just standing with this guy. And it was like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this thing that happened in Macedonia was happening at this little resort in Cancun. Like there was a shift, like, like, like. Human obedience matched up with divine providence and 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 this had become a sacred space. Just for a moment, the Lord had sanctified the waters. And I'm like, I get emotional right now, just thinking about it. And we're just my wife was right there. And we're like, well, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died for your sins? Are you gonna live for him? He's like, Yes, yes. We just brought him through a confession of faith, and I'm just dunked him. I said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Ghost. And he came up and I prayed the Lord over him, and I just prayed the anointing of God over him. And And it was like, I was like, he he couldn't talk, and he starts stuttering, and, and he starts just crying. We're at this pool bar in Cancun, and he's crying, and he's like, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just thank him right just for a second. Just thank him for a second that your family members are next, that your neighbors are next. That your coworkers are next, that there's somebody somewhere where they think they're taking a break, that the Lord has put the word of God on the inside of them. Come on, somebody. And I baptized him and, and he came up and he's crying like he's shaking. And he's like, he's like, I gotta call my mom. I said, call mom, go call mom. I'm gonna go get some free food at the restaurant. The Caribbean bar, the Caribbean restaurant's open, and it's calling my name, right? Like, like but but there's a prophetic shift that happened there in that moment and and, and if we're so stuck on our plan like I paid good money to be there and I'm like uh, 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 this isn't what I'm here for but the lord is like but I when you said I give my life to you father I believed what you said and I had to I had to Now I'm just I, I want to make I wanna, I'll make a public declaration I repent lord you can send me to any resort on the planet you want to You can join with me in that. The Lord could send you to any resort He wants to. In the name of Jesus, you will be obedient. You will be obedient. I will stay at the swim-up bar pool, Lord, waiting for the divine appointment. But God saw this young man's heart, right? He saw this young man's heart. Brian, come on up if you would. He saw this young man's heart, and He sees, he sees your heart. He sees, he sees what's happening in your life he sees what's going on with you and you may think that you're just alone by some stream and 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 i tell you what god sees you you may think that there's times in your life you're not going anywhere that's not true god is preparing you god knows your struggle god knows your midnight cries and he is sending the messiah to deliver you in the midst of that problem he moves in open hearts open your heart to what he's doing today. In Revelation chapter 21 and 22, he talks about this new Jerusalem and this new temple. And a lot of people are looking to the future, and I'm here to let you know, he's talking about you here. Now you are the temple of the Spirit of God. God is as close as a prayer to your life right now. He's as close to you humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I will say yes. I will surrender my life to you. I'm here to let you know the helper is God. Here. The Holy Ghost is here and he's working on your behalf to prepare you for the call of God on your life. I want you to hear this. The Lord told Paul through a vision. Through the vision, he said to him, A man of Macedonia was standing there appealing to him, Come, come to Macedonia. Paul got to Macedonia. Did you notice? He didn't preach to no men. God had to use what Paul understood to get Paul where God needed him to be. And sometimes God will use our own little desires to move us in a direction towards His purposes. And then when we get close, we're like, what happened to the fame and fortune, God? God's like, oh, no, no, I just used your own heart's desires to get you where I needed you to be. Are you ready to surrender those things for what I have for you? Listen, if you're in the sound of my voice today, I believe the Lord is preparing you for a shift. There's a promise of the restoration of all things. The restoration of all things. And I am convinced. I am convinced through Scripture. I am convinced through church history. I am convinced in my personal relationship with Jesus that God is still on the throne in the midst of your struggles today. He wants to work on your behalf and He wants to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. To bring you out of what you have known into the thing that God has prepared for you. I said it last week, but eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. You don't know what's coming because it hasn't even entered your heart yet. But God knows and He's preparing you for it right now. God is moving on your behalf right now. I'm here to tell you that the devil is bringing depression He's bringing anxiety. He wants you to give up. He's trying to convince you to quit. He's trying to convince you that you heard wrong, that you can't really trust God. But I'm here to let you know that Jesus Christ has conquered the death. He has conquered the grave. He has conquered the enemy. He is alive at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you right now. And the Holy Ghost of God is here right now, working on your behalf, preparing you for all things to come i know this i know this as much as i know that my name is carl and i'm called to be Tracy's husband that the Lord has called me to preach this gospel I'm here to let you know that Jesus is a deliverer that Jesus is the one who will bring you over that he will bring you out of bondage come on somebody that Jesus is faithful to his word that Jesus is well able to bring you into what he has called you to God is able here I want to let you know God is able where you think that things are at the end of the road God says I am opening a door that no man can shut and I'm shutting doors that no man can empty. I feel there's deliverance in the room right now, somebody. Pray in the spirit right now. Come on and lean into what he's doing. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I feel it in the atmosphere right now. Make a decision. Come on. Stand with me if you would. Make a decision right now. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let the Spirit lead you, Brian. That's good. Come on, somebody. Just pray in the Spirit. I feel like it. I feel like the Lord is riding in right now. He's riding in right now to show himself mighty. He's riding in to show himself mighty on someone's behalf. You're like, Lord, why have things gotten so bad? He said, because I'm going to get the most glory when I raise you up from your deathbed. This one is not for eternity. This is to bring glory to the Father is what's happening in your life. God has wiped out the old thing to bring the new thing that will bring glory to the risen one of God. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Jesus oh Jesus chances are there's somebody in this room right now you got to rededicate yourself to Jesus you're going to have to surrender to your plans and accept God's plans for your life and just say okay I'm done fighting Lord you may have done this a thousand times or you may have never done this you may have done it as a child but you need to do it again right now stand with me if you would and let's just pray with everybody in the room right now let's just make a decision Let's just make a decision. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Not my will, but your will be done. God, your name is holy. You're worthy of worship. Your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives. Let's say it together. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Let's say it together again. Ready? Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. One more time. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. We trust you, God. We're going to quit the striving. And enjoy where we are. Listen, if that's the first time you prayed surrender, I want to encourage you to let somebody know in the, the lobby, first impressions team. Get a Bible, we got a free one for you. Begin praying the Lord's Prayer every day. Let the Lord move on your behalf. Let the Lord move on your behalf. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you that you're preparing us for this season, that you're moving on our behalf. And things aren't turning out the way we thought, but they're turning out the way you thought. And we thank you that you're with us and we can trust you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen and amen and amen. Can you give a clap off for the Lord for what he's done today? Thank you. We love you. And we will see you Sunday. Amen.